Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here, managing editor of Fightful.com. It is September 18th. This is the Fightful.com podcast. We got lots of stuff for you, not only tonight, but all this week. Of course, we have the Holy Smokes MMA podcast. Tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern, where we we will be covering uh, UFC Pittsburgh, previewing UFC Fight Night Japan, but also the SmackDown post-show tomorrow night. We have the Listen Your Boy on Wednesday talking all kinds of craziness. But also this week, Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor coverage Friday night. Uh, UFC Japan coverage Friday night. Uh, Bellator coverage Saturday night. And then WWE No Mercy on Sunday night with a post-show podcast. Keep it locked to Fightful.com. We have tons of features, tons of articles, uh, working to make a few posting changes, have a a new writer on staff as well. Lots of stuff to look for at Fightful.com. Also be announcing a contest uh, on the list and your boy this Wednesday afternoon. But for now, I am joined by one Alex Pawlowski. Alex, my traveling days are over, and I imagine (laughs) you are excited about that. It is good to 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 have you back uh, at the helm of this ship. Uh, I was I was able to avoid almost all the icebergs, so I think we're good. We're moving on. How ironic that I took my wife to a Titanic museum in Orlando. That's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> so we got so, Monday Night Raw to talk about, but, but there's obviously some stuff that has went on. Bobby the Brain Heenan. Arguably the greatest color commentator, arguably the greatest manager of all time, passed away yesterday. He had a, he had a long battle with cancer. From what I was told, the last three weeks have been very, very hard on Bobby and his family. His health, uh, which was already obviously not good, went in a steep decline about three weeks ago, and it unfortunately didn't didn't recover. WWE remembered Bobby Heenan. You had tons of wrestlers tweeting about it, which we posted on Fightful.com. Alex, what did you think of WWE's honor, uh, how they honored Bobby the Brain Heenan? Um, Well, it was really interesting because uh, you think about how Twitter has kind of changed everything. And it's really easy and effective uh, to be able to just go through your Twitter feed and find all of these things that people are posting about Bobby the Brain Heenan and then post that as kind of montage. But before, you would have had to, like, you know, contact them and ask them to say a few words and then write it down and all this stuff, but it's all right out there. So they utilize that to be able to get all of that out there. Now, if if Brain had died on a Tuesday or, the, or a Wednesday and they had this whole week, to put up something, I think it might have been more spectacular, as it was. It seems like that's the way it always happens, too, as it happens the day before. It really does. Um, as it was, since they were pressed for time, um, starting out with, um, with you know, the, 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 the placard uh, mem- memory of Bobby the Brain Heenan, 
I thought they could have done a ten bell salute for this guy. To me, like he was, he was as you said, in, in my mind, he was not only the best manager of all time, but he was also the best color commentator of all time. Like that's incredible that he he had that kind of a career. For me, he he meant a lot to me because I I came up uh, watching Nitro. Like that was how I really got started, and he made Nitro worth watching. Like he hated being there, and it was so obvious, and it was so much fun yeah. to just watch his contempt for the whole situation. I mean, he would. There would be times when Pillman would go mess with him, and he would curse. It, it's funny that one of his probably his most memorable call of all time, if not the Ric Flair, the Ric Flair call was one that WCW didn't want him to make when Hulk Hogan walked to the ring at Bash the Beach and yeah. Heenan, who famously hated Hulk Hogan, immediately yeah. goes, whose side is he on? <laughs> no. And I love it because after that, the years of hating Hogan, he was vindicated. Heenan yeah. was vindicated after all those years. Yeah. Like, I knew he was a no-good son of a bitch this whole time. <laughs> I've been the good guy. He was the bad you got to listen yeah. to Bobby. He knows. Yeah, no, uh, I, I love the guy. My, my, one of my favorite moments of all uh, of his career is this great moment where he's back behind the desk with Tanae and Shivani, and Nash and Hall show up behind the desk. And he tries to escape by climbing over the desk towards the camera and gets both of his legs caught in the, in the headset cables and just winds up on the desk, like kind of rolling around trying to get free. He was a comedic mastermind. Um, I, I I loved I loved watching him do everything that he did. And um, but the, the but the package they put together at the end of the last hour was really really great. It was really well put together. I loved that. I'll never forget seeing him bid farewell to Gorilla Monsoon oh, on man. WCW TV. That was heartbreaking. I've brought this up on the podcast about like probably 10 times at this point. Obviously his health would not have allowed him to continue as a color commentator because just a few years after he appeared or after he last appeared on WCW, uh, he was inducted into the WWE hall of fame and his, his voice, his famous voice had already taken a toll, but it's weird to think that at 56 years old, Bobby, the brain Heenan, the greatest of all time was deemed too old for yeah. WWF. And we got Jerry Lawler still mm -hmm. poking around on occasion at 68. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's the same thing with anything. Like how, how when wrestlers would hit 39 or 40, they'd be looked like they were going out to pasture. And now we got Jericho and AJ Styles in their 40s like doing great work. It's a shame that that mentality wasn't used a little bit sooner because maybe we could have gotten some more out of Bobby Heenan as well. Um, cancer sucks, man, and, and it robbed us of a great person, a great personality. Can you imagine what a Bobby the Brain Heenan podcast would be like? No, oh, jeez, God. man, uh, so many things to say. Like, can you imagine the stories he had about Andre the Giant? Yeah, that, that nobody else would have. Volumes of stuff to talk about. You know, just that. Oh, man. We will be talking more about Bobby the Brain Heenan on the SmackDown show, on the Listen Your Boy show this week. Be sure to tune into those. Now, I'm not going to go into too much on this Impact GFW thing because it's a topic that Jimmy <laughs> we, we, loves we, to discuss on we Wednesdays. We've got to talk about this thing. Like, they're running a, a venue that looks like a damn airplane hangar. It's huge. There's no way they could possibly fill it. It's only like, no, it only seats like 500. Oh, well, maybe I'm, I was looking at a completely it different It looks photo. like an airplane hangar. Okay, but it only seats If the airplane was a micro machine. Oh, okay. It does look okay. like one, though. Okay, fine. Maybe I was, <laughs> it was an optical illusion. It looks like you yes. could fit a damn B-52 bomber in there from the picture that I looked at. It's just, it's cavernous. But that's fine. Great. Because they're not going to be able to fill it either way. And they're doing it, as you said to me, in November in Ottawa. Like, yeah. it's just good. Like, I hope that place is good heat. You look at, you look at it and you're like, ooh, that's just flimsy. Yeah. That's just flimsy. 
Uh, oh my god! And, and and who knows if they're actually GFW anymore? They're not, not. They're not. They're going. They didn't refer to GFW at all in the press release they sent me. I reached out to their PR, which did not get back to me. Of course not. But but then sent out the press release to me that I already had. The same person that I reached out right. to didn't reply to the question, but sent the press release in which in right. which instigated the question I asked him right. in the first place. Yeah, yes. This should this should um, answer the question that you already had. Yes. Uh, so that's what's up. Of course, me and Jimmy are going to talk about it Wednesday on the Listen You Boy podcast. If you all missed me, myself and Carlos on Saturday night, I did do a podcast from Orlando covering Triple G and Canelo with Carlos. Carlos carried that thing. He is the man when it comes to boxing. Check that out and his boxing newsletter that drops every Thursday morning. Also, one last plug before we uh, move on to Monday Night Raw. I wrote an article about the late Billy Robinson. His birthday was today. He was instrumental in training tons of people that came up through AWA. Also, Shayna Baszler, Josh Barnett, Kazushi Sakuraba. Uh, I wrote about that and shared some photos. So if you all wouldn't mind, go check that out. It was an article that I revised from several years ago when he passed, and I thought it would be a good read now that I'm actually at a site where people read things, and back then I wasn't. Um, But, yeah, please check that out, of course, and um, head over to our forums, the Fightful.com forums. I will be starting a contest on Wednesday. Go over there, get active on those, because that does play a role. We're going to be giving stuff away nonstop at Fightful.com now. Now we got Monday Night Raw, and as we go through each of these segments, myself and Alex will be making predictions for WWE No Mercy, which is an, a loaded card. Like, just the stacked show. Alex, I want to ask you, what did you think of this Raw all-encompassing as a go-home show? I can't wait to watch the kickoff show for No Mercy and see half of this Raw again. You know, like, it's fine. Like, it's, it is what it is. The, 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 the triple threat tag match, which we'll get to, seemed like it lasted for 45 minutes. Um, they were, it seemed like they were trying to fill some, some time. Um, but, you know, without, without Brock and without Cena, like, in the building, there wasn't a whole lot they could give you except for Roman versus Braun again. And if they did that, I'd be like, why are these men fighting each other when they have much more important matches to fight six days from now? So I totally get what all of this was. Um, and the stuff that we did get, some of it was really great. But, um, but yeah, it did seem like they were like, okay, we're all back from Australia and everyone's really tired. What are we going to do tonight? <laughs> yeah, it definitely did seem like it. There was... I thought it was really hit or miss as it pertains to eventful things, things that really mattered. Uh, guys, leave us a thumbs up, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. That stuff helps. Turn the no- notifications on. I posted a bunch of NXT taping uh, videos today. I will talk a little bit about that at the end of the show. No spoilers. Don't worry about that. Monday Night Raw. It started off with The Miz interrupting Kurt Angle, going off on him for being a Ted Beat dad. And... <laughs> I really hope Miz makes this his goal because, Alex, I won't pretend like I didn't see a change in your persona as it pertains to some things when you found out you were going to be a father. Oh, yeah. It changes you, right? Absolutely does. Yeah. So I hope that Miz really takes it personally that Kurt Angle was a deadbeat dad. (laughs) Yes. Yes. He should. Which continues the Miz's thing of, like, he's an asshole, but the motivation is – Sincere, sure. like it's yeah. a good thing. Yes. Um, here's here's the greatest tragedy of the Miz not being on SmackDown anymore. His entire feud with Daniel Bryan could be over who's the best dad. Like that would be just epic. <laughs> just him talking about how Daniel Bryan is isn't isn't parenting correctly because of whatever this article that he read in some parenting website. Um, but I, I do love that he's treating. Kurt Angle as a new dad, which because to Jason Jordan he is, um, and I, I thought I thought this is great. The Miz, the Miz is a goddamn treasure. He is. Um, he just passed the honky tonk man on the list of uh, most collective days as Intercontinental Champion. Um, 
I hope when it's all said and done that he has that record and it's, yeah. it's a huge cushion because this because that's a great way of saying okay listen you were never really our top guy but you anchored this part of us yeah for years and that's that's really great because some of the stuff that he does no one else can do he just can't he's so good at what he does i think he will because ultimately i think that that record was held by pedro morales and i think it's 619 days so that'd be about five or six more collective months throughout his career that he holds that title. And he's probably doing that. He's probably tying or breaking Chris Jericho's record too. Because that's, for Jericho, I don't think that record is important. Nine Intercontinental title reigns, because he's done everything. Right. I mean, Jericho is one of the most decorated wrestlers of all time. Like, he's up there with Angle and Edge and, uh, like, for people who have held, like, almost everything. So uh, I think that would be good for The Miz too. And... The Miz always has the I was a WrestleMania headliner and one there to, to go into. Jason Jordan comes out, calls his dad Kurt, so they're not on yep. the dad's son basis yet. No, uh, he no wants- it's, it's very progressive. It's very progressive that he calls his, his father <laughs> Kurt. You know what I mean? No, no, no. It's okay. You can call me Kurt. <laughs> so, Kurt Anglehead announced a fatal four-way match to determine the top contender for the Intercontinental title. It would have had Elias, Jeff, Matt Hardy, Jason Jordan. Jordan demanded that the Miz Taraj be included too. So if I'm like Elias and all those guys and the Hardys, I'm pissed. Nobody mentioned a thing. Nobody mentioned a thing. No. Now, I was hoping that the six-pack challenge would have just been the whole field preventing Bo Dallas and Axel from letting each other pin one another. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, they could have set up the whole situation. Like, they're, Miz could have individually given them title shots. We'll, we'll talk about the, the whole match, but there's one spot that I absolutely would have, would have said, you have to include this in the booking of the match if I was in charge. Everyone else winds up on the outside, and it's just Bo and Kurt. And they do paper, rock, scissors for it. And the guy who loses lays down, the other guy gets on top of him, and then somebody comes in and breaks up the pin. Like, they, they should, these guys should be Miz's great comedy sidekicks. Because we already see them as that, and, and they should, they should yeah. be his henchmen. His bumbling, evil henchmen. Um, uh, so I was disappointed they didn't do that in the match itself, but I do love, I love me some Bo Dallas shiny gold jacket and oversized <laughs> gold chain. I love it. Backstage, Kurt gives Jason Jordan a talking to about flying off the handle when people talk about him and look at him. Jordan's still really, really wooden, Alex. Yeah, no, he is. Uh, th- he did the thing where he kind of had to look off camera to like, okay, I finished that paragraph, and the next paragraph to say is this. Now I'm going to start talking, and I look back at Kurt. Like that's that was his inter- interior yeah. monologue, and it's just not. It's listen. The guy spent a long time at NXT, so I'm not going to give him any, like, like he's just fresh off the boat. But his entire time up in WWE, they weren't giving him promos to do. It was just him and, and Chad Gable having matches every now and then. And sometimes it wasn't because they weren't on sometimes, TV for a long time. Right. So to like, okay, now here's these promos with fire and nuance and you, 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 you love your new dad, but you really hate The Miz <laughs> and all this stuff, like... These are hard things for As opposed to his old dad. Right. Fuck him. Fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> uh, these are hard things to like give an actor, like a, a professional actor on the fly and just say, okay, here's all this range of emotion you have to play. Go. That's difficult. My favorite part of this whole back thing, backstage thing was, <laughs> was Kurt Angle going, listen, some people are going to talk about me and they're going to talk about you. And I told him to say, so let's give him something to talk about. Like, I, 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 wanted, I, wanted, him to, I wanted Elias to walk by and break into that song, you know? Like, like some, of this, some of the lines they give these guys to say, I just feel like, oh, man. That was we'll definitely scripted. be talking about that later. Nia Jax defeated Alexa Bliss. This is really old school style begging off from Alexa. There's this great part where she's like, okay, listen, and then she runs. She just darts out of the ring. Uh, Sasha 
stops her. I don't know why she's running away from Sasha knowing that Nia is going to be behind her. T- it, test your luck with Sasha. It, it, the, reason, the reason is because it gives us that visual of her running from Sasha directly into Nia. That's it. It's, which was, it's a, which was a good visual. It was a fantastic produced visual. Yes. She got run over. We come back from the break. Nia wins with a Samoan drop. This was solid stuff. Nia is improving every week in the ring. That I can appreciate. Nia continues at attack. And Bailey's back. Bailey returns, <laughs> fights off Nia and Alexa, who is just so good at these little things. Yeah. Gets in the middle of Sasha and Bailey and like raises their hands and has the most genuinely thrilled look on her face. And gets her ass kicked by Bailey and Sasha. Douches? Douches. Um, my favorite part of this of the whole thing after the match was the triple spear on 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 Nia, which I had never seen before. I've seen a lot of double spears, but never a triple yeah. one. Uh, so that was really fun. Uh, I love her raising her arms and getting her asses kicked. But but you're right. Like I always feel like. When a heel has just done something heelish, like let's say within within the segment or the match that you're doing, then by all means, feel free to give them their comeuppance. But Bailey and Sasha are pissed at Alexa for shit she did weeks ago. And they're just expecting us to all go like, oh, yeah, yeah, she totally deserves it. Remember they're that hanging thing? out with Charlotte at the Mae Young Classic and stuff. Like. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I don't know. Um Alexa is is naturally um tiny. She's tiny. So she's going to look like she's getting picked on even if she's the heel. Um it was nice to see Bailey back. Uh I I'm assuming that Emma just said I'm going to stick around in Australia and hang out with my with my family for a while. Um but not seeing Emma on TV at all tonight made me go is, did they replace her with Bailey? And I saw later, no, they, they didn't. They just added Bailey to it. And I was like, oh, well, that kind of sucks for Emma. Like, yeah. Emma's getting more and more marginalized in this whole thing. Um, well, but, her being in this match, I think, is a major step up anyway, because I didn't see that happening a couple min- months ago. Or uh, And we later find out that Bailey was added to that match. And then they showed a tweet from Emma, and I really dig the integration of the Emma gimmick, because... Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to be on TV to continue right. her gimmick. And that's pretty fantastic because that's something on SmackDown we see them do very well of late. Like Kevin Owens encounters Aiden English singing and like admires him as he says, you're going to be singing our theme song soon. Right. And because of that, he doesn't have to wrestle. Sami Zayn doesn't have to wrestle. He right. just interacts with Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. Emma doesn't have to wrestle. She doesn't have to do a promo. They can flash a tweet up there, and that is furthering her gimmick, which right. is pretty damn cool. I think that's neat. Something I just thought of was that um, her gimmick as Emelina was supposed to be this social media maven. <laughs> she was an Instagram model, but now she's a Twitter shit talker. But she's still doing a social media gimmick. So basically, Emelina is still alive somewhere in there. It's just a different iteration. Who's winning this match? No mercy. We got Bailey, Sasha Banks, Nia Jax, Alexa Bliss, Emma. Okay. Um, honestly, the person that I feel has the least chance of winning is Alexa Bliss. Just from really? a storyline per- perspective. Because you can put this thing finally on Nia Jax and see what happens, especially with Asuka coming up. Because if you say Nia Jax beat these f- four other women and maybe, like, really handily beat them. And then you give her a few weeks on, on Raw of just smashing all comers. And then Asuka shows up and takes her down. Now, does that hurt Nia? Yeah. But it also builds Asuka immediately for, a, for an audience that doesn't, you know, that doesn't know her. Maybe not. Um, also, Bailey or Sasha can win, but they have to get the pin on the other one. Because that that furthers that story, and that's a story that needs to be told. Uh, also, Emma, to be purely a transitional champ, so she can come out and talk shit, 
And then Asuka shows up and one kicks her for become, to become champ. Like, something like that. But Alexa, yeah. like, the story for Alexa is that if she loses, she gets to complain. Everyone was in this match. I didn't even have to get pinned. I didn't get pinned, and I still lost. You can, you can further that with her character. Yeah. I, so, I would love if, my, my, if Asuka did the, the Emma thing. Well, I would love for Emma just to get a run. But even if it's a couple days or one day or whatever, but you can run the gamut with Asuka. Like, she beats Sasha. She beats Bailey. She beats Alexa. Because as we saw in NXT, man, she toes that line between babyface and heel very well. Like, and, she can make it work no matter what. And the vignettes they're running for her, like, like this the thing about it is that's really cool is that that mask thing that they're using in all the vignettes, like, I keep saying this, she ran this great stuff back in Japan where she would come out with, with the mask Take the mask off and she'd be made up to look like some horror clown. And who, like, I mean, this is the thing with, with it being a giant thing right now, you'd know, like, somebody's like, like, hey, Vince, clowns are scary. Asuka's got this clown thing in her past. Why would we run that? You know, everyone likes clowns now. Halloween. Like, something like that could be in the works where we're, we all think it's Asuka from NXT that's going to show up. And she does, but she takes off the mask, and it's a completely different kind of character. I would, I would love that transition. That's a fantastic idea. Also news today, Paige at the WWE Performance Center looking to get cleared. Now, personally, you know, there are some people who think that maybe they're angling towards Emma and Paige. I, I, it's not anything I've heard. It's just something that I've been tweeted a lot by, by fans and stuff like that. That would make sense. In my opinion you got to throw her on SmackDown. you yeah. got to have her on SmackDown. Yeah. Now, if you're, if you're bringing Asuka to, to Raw, to bring Asuka and Paige within weeks of each other to there, like, there's, there's – it's already a logjam. Like, like, Emma's being gifted a bone to be in this, in this match. Um, and, like, it's just like, well, here we go. Like, here you go. We'll throw you this thing. You can be in there. I mean, for all we know, she could be completely inconsequential – in this fatal five way, and then they'll bury her again. Not bury her, but like we won't see her on TV for weeks. Like we did, we haven't for months. So you can't say that somebody as talented as Emma is there and not being utilized, and then all of a sudden throw two more women in the mix. Meanwhile, over on SmackDown, I do not care about Natalia. I don't. So you, you bring, put somebody in that picture over there that'll make me care about it. Um, because you're all you're keeping Charlotte and Becky off TV for Christ's sakes. That, that's the thing. That's the thing. Had Charlotte and Becky not been off TV for so long, and they were in some sort of program with Natalia, yeah, feel a little bit different. But it's Carmella who it her whole thing is that she isn't on the level, right? And then Naomi, who they've tried to portray as being on the level, but stumbles so often in doing so. With Paige, it's been so long since she was marginalized that maybe yeah. she'll stand a better chance. But one thing I wonder is how will she look after neck surgery? Because that's a big question mark. Right. Uh, even if she's cleared to come back like her neck is well enough to do it, mm -hmm. I still think she should take a couple of months and get in really good shape like and, and get some muscle mass back on or, or whatever. Like get into a place where if she's not been working out as much as she used to be, then you know maybe that would be good for her too. I also think she's ready made to come back as a heel. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just to to come back for a big baby face pop and then squash it by 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 turning on somebody that the fans love, uh, because she could she could have a very easily a lot of you know if not if not imagined then um, you know then real gripes against the company. She feels like you kept me out longer than you should have or. You treated me unfairly, whatever. Because we we all saw that stuff. You can easily bring up film from that season of Total Divas where she was yeah. really upset with the company and use that. Yeah, they should. And we've never – I I could be wrong. Somebody please tweet me. But no, nobody comes to mind as having, uh, it, from a female perspective, in WWE working a real extended full-time schedule after neck surgery. Lita yeah. came back, and she did for brief periods of time. But it was never longer than, like, I think six or seven months at a time. So that, that's a big question mark, too. Paige, still super young, man. Like, yeah. That's, that's the thing, man. She's 25. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. 
Sheamus and Cesaro defeated the Good Brothers and Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. This did not need to be a 36-minute segment and did not need to be an 18-minute match. Cesaro and Sheamus cut a promo that droned on. A lot of tag teams, Alex, need comedy to stay relevant. I don't think Ambrose and Rollins are one of them. They they can use it, but I don't think they need it. Meanwhile, the Good Brothers do and are very, very good at it, but they're heels, so if you laugh at them, you're kind of a dick. Right. But they have so many catchy different things that they say. Listen, the the Good Brothers are baby faces now. I'm sorry to say it, but if they're nothing else, they're tweeners. They're brawling baby faces. You can easily make them the new APA. It wouldn't. You could do it in two seconds. Like it's they're they're these guys who will beat up anybody that you ask them to. You, they could be swilling beer and smoking cigars and playing poker in the back with a with a door frame. You could go the whole nine yards, like it's. But they come out and they go like you know what you guys are, and they make the crowd wait for it. Nerds, like that's that's a baby face thing. I know yeah. they're being bullies. But still, the crowd loves it. They eat it up. Um, the one thing I do love, and yes, you're right, Ambrose and Rollins don't need the comedy, but I kind of like Rollins playing the guy who can't control his tag partner. Like yeah. when Ambrose, like, oh, no, now you've done it. Now you've done it. And Ambrose reacts to being called a nerd the way Marty McFly reacts to being called a chicken. I think that's funny. Uh, and you could make it work. It doesn't need to be all the time. And they don't need to work comedy bits in ring. But I think as characters, that could be fun. A match breaks out. Not much of note happens until the Cesaro swing into the barricade on Ambrose. The Good Brothers come really close to winning with their finish, but a well-produced Ambrose save keeps that from happening. I didn't see the the, the save coming from anywhere. I mean, I, I got the feeling it was coming. Right. Because here's the thing. There's nothing real bad about this match. It's just six days before a pay-per-view, and you could tell it didn't really mean anything unless the Good Brothers won and added themselves to it or claimed like a future title shot. Instead, it was pretty easy to tell they were there to eat the pin, and right. that happened when Cesaro and Sheamus stole one. What do you think of the match? Who do you think wins Sunday? Uh, I lost interest in the match because what you said, like – if the Good Brothers had won, and when they hit the Magic Killer on Seth, I was like, oh, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're setting this thing up for the future, oh, nope. And then I was like, well, I'm kind of out of this now. Um, which is too bad, because you, you've, you've given the, the longest match of the night into something that really has no meaning to it. So, eh, you know, whatever. Um, it was fine. There were some, some good points to it, some, some, some whatever. Um, uh, I, I think they're going to keep the titles on Seth and Ambrose because, because they're. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. A huge fan favorite. It's a really easy way to get a pop, um, especially you know in the middle of the of this thing where who knows where the crowd's going to be reacting to certain things that happen uh, for the rest of the night. It's a really easy way to like keep the baby faces rolling uh, on the night. Um, and I, I don't think this needs to be the end of Sheamus Cesaro challenging for it either, because I anticipate this match could be really really good on Sunday, like steal the show level of good. Yeah, I think I think it'd be great too. Let me ask you. I'm going with Rollins Ambrose too. Do you think we get 
those two and Roman Reigns teaming at Survivor Series, probably with two other guys. Um, uh, yeah, that way it wouldn't be a – I mean, if you did it that way, you'd have to be like a five-on-five five and – the shield is three of yeah. the five guys. You go from <laughs> shield 0. 0.66 to shield 1.66. <laughs> yeah. If my math is uh, yeah. um, I, uh, I think that could be fun. Um, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know what the plans are for Survivor Series. If it's going to be another one where you're going to have Survivor Series matches. You know what I mean? Like all these things are going to be, in the, which, which I loved last year. Yeah. Um, but it seems to me that you're going to have one big one-on-one match to close the night, and I don't know where you go in in that case. Um, but yeah, sure, more Shield stuff, nostalgia for people who well, think that three years ago was a long time. They've done four on four. They've done five on five. I mean, they, one year they made Survivor Series just mean you know like an elimination match, things like that. To me. There are a few matches in wrestling more exciting than a Survivor Series match with honest to God stakes. Yes. Because yes. it's it's like 45, 50 minutes, and you see finishers throughout the whole thing. You're gonna see at least five pinfalls, like mm-hmm. real pinfalls in the match. So I think they're gonna be good. John Cena is advertised for that Survivor Series. I, I can see them. Oh, John Cena with the shield. Type of thing, you know. They love to do that type of stuff. Oh, they they do. Or or John Cena's team versus Roman Reigns' team. They could do that thing. You know what I mean? Um, Imagine if he could pick anybody in the WWE one, any four guys, and the people he picked were the Usos, Ambrose, and Rollins. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm gonna watch it. And then John Cena picks Alex Riley, but um. <laughs> and like Tyler Rex and people like that. Wade Barrett, all the people that <laughs> uh, that would be something if he like picked Zack Ryder and Dolph Ziggler and the Miz really, and all these people. Really that... Super meta. Everybody that he's buried over the years is are his partner. Yeah. Rusev, Bray, everybody. Backstage, the Miz is giving <laughs> the Miz Taraj a motivational speech. Uh the Mistourage both bring up their pedigrees, which is a nice touch. But what I love most is that Bo referenced his old gimmick saying, I-, I used to do this for a living, giving motivation speeches. We get video packages to promote Cena, Reigns, Lesnar, Braun. Later, interviews with Braun and uh, Brock Lesnar. Braun is not a sit-down interview guy. As we see later, he gets over by tearing shit up. Very well. He's fed the instruction to re-ask the question posed to him. That That's annoying. Lesnar interrupts Heyman, who does his usual spiel, and cut a good, succinct promo about being backed in the corner, and that's how he does best. Then uh, says he's going to take Strowman to Suplex City. How do you think that match goes on Sunday? I think Brock wins, but it's not clean. I think they're going to protect Strowman, but I don't think they're going to put the title on him because I'm a cynic, and I don't think they're going to make the right call and put the title on the monster that is organically over with the crowd. I, 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 they, they need to. This guy is, is, is he's a friggin' star. And, I mean, when you say yes – he was fed the thing like let's you know answer the ask the question that they just answered to yourself whatever, but the rest of it like I thought he was very natural, he was very intimidating, he held his own like he doesn't do a lot of these because he hasn't been asked to, but you know if he's if he's the, gonna get to a point where he's can do these sit down interview things for a few more years I think he's gonna he's gonna have a real knack for it. He's a star in every sense of the word. And the right thing to do is to make him the champion and have him hold it until WrestleMania. And then you'll probably have Roman Reigns beat him for it because you're going to do that. But that should be the guy. Not Brock, who's going to leave for several months. You should put the title on Braun, and he should be unstoppable until next April. But I don't think they're going to do that. So my prediction is Brock, but keeping Braun protected 
my hope is that Braun wins and wins emphatically. As do I. I think it is the time. Shove all the bottle rockets up his ass and watch him go to the moon. Just go crazy. He's over. What he's doing is over. Yes. So if you were to make him champion, he's still got to tear shit up. Let him rip the belt in half for all I care. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This belt's ugly as shit. (laughs) Rip it in half. (laughs) Whatever. Instead, he's got like a title made of wood. Or yes. something. He'd be forging it turn, steel. Yes, that he in turn comes out and crashes over the ring post every single week and forces yeah. them to create a new one. Like, <laughs> it is time for him. Brock yeah. Lesnar is the person to put him over. And from what we've seen, Brock Lesnar can do one hell of a job at putting Braun Strowman over. Yeah. And really making anybody look good if he likes them. Uh, yeah. I talked about how right after the show, Great Balls of Fire, he loved working with Samoa Joe, and it showed in that ring. This is the guy. This is the person who should have beaten Brock Lesnar in thirty seconds. Yeah. Braun Strowman is. Yeah, like, and that's while you know we've calmed down a bit since the yes. Goldberg match. We have, we have, and that was the that was Brock, fun, but yes. but long term it did nothing. Like I don't. Yeah. Goldberg got, got a good WrestleMania match. That's it cool. Was, yes, that was fun and that was cool. But that was in April, and now it is September. And I what? Like it doesn't it doesn't matter. Yeah. But if Braun had gone over Brock along the way, it would really, really matter right now. You know what I mean? And that's a difference. That's what. That's the thing is that the reason that I said that that Goldberg winning over Brock in that quick of a time period ended wrestling because I was like. Because now you have no vision for the future. When you put over a guy who's 50, I mean, how long could he possibly stick around? It turned out he stuck around for a few more months, and that was it. Yeah. Hey, you know what? If they could talk Goldberg into it, I would have him come back this Survivor Series and lose to Braun in 30 seconds. That's that's the way I would rectify that if I were them. Yeah. Now it's Goldberg, so... Probably not. <laughs> we'll give you twenty million dollars. I can't do it, my kid, man. <laughs> like one of those. <laughs> oh God. Uh, my only note about the Hardy Boys promo is they write really shitty stuff for the Hardy Boys. Yeah, they do. Yep. Yeah, also, do. the Oscar teasers. There's no reason for just one women's program when she gets there. Got to do more. No. Yep. Bert Hawkins says that his Star Factory is over. And he's ending his losing streak. This is kind of a fun promo. Brings out Apollo. Apollo beats him. It's their sixth televised singled match right. in the past year. So we've seen this a lot. But just a way to get Apollo on TV and they acknowledge the losing streak, Alex. Yeah, it's one of those things. Where if you want to know how desperate they were for things to fill time, Kurt Hawkins had a match on Raw. You know, like, okay. Is it, is it the 38-minute segment? Or 36-minute tag team segment wasn't enough. Right, right. Um, okay, fine. That's cool. I'm glad they, they acknowledged the losing streak, and now it's a thing of, like, who's who's going to who's gonna be the one to lose and break the streak? That's kind of cute. Um, yeah. And you watch it, and Apollo Crews does great stuff and is very good in the ring. And if you're not having some kind of a storyline beyond we all like Titus Worldwide – and that's it, then, you know, it's not really going to move beyond that. Um, all their stuff they did at the Australia Zoo over the weekend was really fun. These guys are great on social media, but I don't know how many people actually see that stuff. Yeah. We had you a know? forum topic the other day, somebody saying, what kind of tournament could WWE do next? And I pointed at, like, Apollo, Titus, and Tazawa, and I said, I would love for them to do, like, a trios tournament. And yeah have some sort of cool stakes at the end there too and use main roster guys because you can make a lot of fun stuff happen. You could rekindle a lot of things there. You could bring in some you could bring in a Nexus stable or you know yeah. of people like just do that. Roman Reigns comes out for a promo, drops the shit bomb on air. Yeah. Not like yeah, a little turd or anything. No. He said that he, he took umber or took offense to uh Cena saying that 
he the reigns as the next Cena. <laughs> and he said, I don't look like John Cena, and if I did, I'd be fired like Alex Riley. Oh yeah. Damn, man. Shots then fired. Roman, I'm usually against people throwing to clips, but then Roman threw to a clip of Cena criticizing criticizing The Rock for being a part timer. Mm-hmm. And then he says, The only difference is this time it'll be a different Samoan kicking his ass. Yeah. This is like you can't I if I see you claiming that Roman Reigns is a baby face, people. I'm gonna ma- I'm gonna go to poopsenders.com and mail you the gorilla poop. That's what's gonna happen. I yeah. am that petty. I am that immature. In fact, yeah, this is not a babyface Roman Reigns. It has no. not been since February. No, no. And there ain't nothing babyface about that shitty shirt that he wears on TV every week. It's one of the damn. ugliest damn things I've ever seen. It really is. And the problem is, is that. That shirt is for children. Yeah. Children think that shirt is cool. And guess what? Children think Roman Reigns is cool. And if he's cool, then he's a good guy. And that's the problem, is that you and I can sit here and know, absolutely, this guy is, is a heel. If he's not a heel, he's a tweener or whatever. But he's certainly not a baby face. But as long as you aggressively market him to children, then all of a sudden, like, okay, well, now what? You know what I mean? Like uh, uh, Anna Bauert had uh, she wrote this thing for us about Sydney and this mother who was sitting near her who talked to another to a father who were talking about how they, they had these eleven year olds these boys who really love wrestling or whatever and they said they're not allowed to be wrestling fans much longer because he doesn't want them growing up into the kind of a hole eighteen year olds that were sitting near them. Yeah, because because if you're heroes are the guys who go on air and get to say bad words and, and say, nah, bring your bitch ass back over here. I'm not done talking to you. All of a sudden, then you get molded into thinking that's the way you should be. I want to emulate that. And a lot of parents are going to say, no, nah, I'm sorry. I don't want that for my kid anymore. You do We're not want your kid else. to grow up into somebody who goes on the air and says that they will send gorilla poop right. to somebody else. That's not right. what you want to happen in life. No. Yeah. So it's Extra interesting. Kill- it is an interesting dilemma that they that you're going to market aggressively to kids, but the parents who watch with kids see what the kids are liking and say, "I don't want my kid to like that." That's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll see how this this new thing of making the baby face into kind of an a hole, how that's going to translate to, to children and and their parents liking the product. Rain Cena, I'm picking Reigns to win here. Who do you think? Uh, Reigns. I mean, unless they have a, a program later. Planned out, they they know they're going to do a rubber match or something. Well, the thing is, Cena seems awfully confident <laughs> on promos, and he's getting that Goldberg esque type of attitude where he won't go on there and act in that manner unless he knows he's going to win, type of thing, which is weird. But we have seen it. Uh, Bray Wyatt defeated Dustin Rhodes after an unpainted Dustin Rhodes went to Kurt Angle and asked for a shot. I believe this is the first Dustin Rhodes televised uh, match since TNA Lockdown 05. Also, his first WWF televised Dustin Rhodes match since January 1991. Wow. Because the ones he did in 98 without the paint were as Dustin Rundles. So that's an interesting little fact. And he's a better worker in 2017 than he was in 95, which is amazing. After a brief ass-kicking from Dustin, Wyatt hit Sister Abigail for the win. Not a lot to talk about in the match. But there is something to talk about right after, Alex. Yeah. Sometimes on the list, and boy, we do story time with J.J. Dillon. We do Russo reveals. Mm-hmm. We do cutting to the chase with DDP. Right. What in the shit was Finn Balor doing on that Titan Tron? I don't know. What was he talking about? I don't know. He was he was doing something. He was he was playing Bray Wyatt. That's what he was doing. Showed up on Titan Tron and said spooky stuff. I want to talk about Dustin Rhodes and how jarring it was to have Goldust standing with his back to the camera and then turn around and there was no face paint on him. And how that was it like adds twenty years. Well, well <laughs> not yes, it does. It makes him look every bit of however old he is, which is 
friggin' old. Because as we figured out on an earlier podcast, his debut was in 1988. So, like, this guy's been around for a long time. Now, obviously, this heel push after he turned on on R-Truth went nowhere. They're not doing anything with it. So if he's on his way out, one more run as babyface Dustin Rhodes could be a lot of fun. I don't know, man. The guy he's who's like, never, ever been over to any real degree as Dustin Rhodes. Right. But that is the whole thing. I don't think it needs to last very long. But whatever they're doing with Goldust, it's aborted. It's gone. It's not, they're not using it anymore. So this is something. Like, have him be this, this old brawler who's, who's ready to go out and he's not going to go out without a fight. You could do that. It could be fun. I don't know. But, hey, they're talking about having him team with Cody at the new Star Arcade. Yeah. It's so funny. It's so funny. Yeah, I want to talk about that, too. When I was growing up, like, the people before me grew up watching Dusty Rhodes. Right. I grew up watching Gold Dust and Dustin Rhodes. I interviewed Flip Gordon of Ring of Honor a few weeks ago. He was like, Shit, now that I think about it, I grew up watching Cody Rhodes, yeah. which is weird. And Cody Rhodes is doing the best work of his life right now, Like, and it's not even close. Like, yeah. He is one of my favorite performers in the entire world, especially outside the ring. But Goldust is what Dustin Rhodes was to be. Now, if there was ever a time I think Dustin Rhodes would get over, it's right now. Let's talk a little bit about this. Uh, well, first off, Balor, Bray Wyatt. I got Balor winning Sunday. Who do you have? Yeah, it, unless God forbid they're going to extend this thing to another match. I don't know what that would be. It was Demon versus Spooky Dude last time. Now it's Man versus Man. If if yeah. Finn doesn't win, I don't know uh, what happens. This continues. No, no, thank you. Finn wins, please. Starcade in November, and Cody called him out for it. He's like, I know you all think tickets are going to do bad, but you can at least put gold dust on the show. Right. Well, you know what? The timing of this yeah. Dustin Rhodes deal, and Michael Hayes said, okay, we'll put you on it too. Yeah. And gold dust says, how about us against the Hardys? And I'm sitting here like with each tweet, and I'm like, this is escalating to a really fun degree. And then Cedric Alexander's like, hey, I'm from North Carolina too. Maybe put me on there. And the thing is, Cedric might help ticket sales in North Carolina because he sure. wrestled locally a lot there. I would do it. I would switch the card around. It's a, it's weird that they just, bam, here's your card. Right. Shouldn't have done that, all things considered, because people want on this card. It is right. just another live event. Right. That's it. But, I mean, it's just another live event, but people want on it. But once you say... This is WWE Starcade, the first one ever, in Greensboro, North Carolina, in the Coliseum, where the first one happened. All of a sudden, it becomes a, like a historic event. And, yes. and, and the people who you have working for you are nothing if not students of the business. And they know what this means. If, if, they're, not going to, if they're not going to be on the card, they want to be at the event because it's... Because you now you've set it Starcade, all of a sudden now you guys got to make this thing good. Otherwise, it's going to look like you're kind of crapping on Starcade, which you did for like 25 years. So yeah. you know this is a thing that could be really cool if you if you allow it to be. Um, I agree. Uh, already you got I mean because it's a SmackDown live event with a bunch of SmackDown stuff on it, but the Hardys who are from North Carolina are advertised as appearing. So I say like make it joint. Make it as many people as you can from both sides. Make this thing a giant yeah, car. I mean, I'm sure they're running another house show that night anyway. Just send some raw guys over there yeah. and go brand them. No big deal. I wish they would do this more often. This you is know, a very unique way. I mean, they used to do that in they used to do that in the NWA. They used to brand it as like the Great American Bash Tour yeah, and stuff like sure. that. You know who else is from North Carolina? Braun Strowman. That'd uh, be a lot damn. of fun. <laughs> Speaking of, Braun beats the shit out of Enzo. Oh, I've been man. cursing a lot on this show, but they cursed a lot on Raw. So That's true. Crowd chance, thank you, Strowman. He bulldozed Enzo, and Enzo's facial expression was great. Like, say what you want about his 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 stuff outside the screen. He does his job real, real well. Mm -hmm. 
in one motion, Braun lifts up Enzo off the ground and choke slams him. And Corey J- Corey J- Graves is uh Corey Graves is uh fear in his voice was just fascinating to hear. Yeah. It's like what do you do when you run out of shit to tear up and you need to stay over? You beat up Enzo and it mm-hmm. works. Mm-hmm. Neville comes out, kind of sidesteps Braun. Yeah, that type of thing. <laughs> It's the red arrow and laughs. I would have preferred a more stoic laugh as is tradition, mm-hmm. but I liked all this. This was gotten backstage in 30 seconds backstage. Enzo got himself over, got Braun Strowman over, and sold his match on Sunday. In 30 yeah. seconds he did that. Yep. There was fantastic yeah. work for all involved. Right. Uh, Enzo comes out and he's cutting his promo and I'm so done with it. Like, I don't, I don't, I mean, he's, he's doing great and the crowd loves him. I don't full disclosure. Don't love him. Haven't for months. Um, so I think he's doing very good working with the role they're asking him to play. I just don't like the guy. So when bronze bronze roar hit and they focused close up of Enzo's face as he turned around and got completely trucked. I was just so happy. I was like, how worlds are colliding. Braun Strowman is beating up a cruiserweight that I hate. This is fun. I, I can tell you all. It, it, I've met Enzo and talked to him several times, uh, probably two or three different times. His eyes are always like that. Yeah. He just knows the right way to turn and yeah. make it all look. Yeah. Um, Neville then beat Grand Metalik. We haven't seen much of Metalik on Raw, so it was a nice change of pace. Neville rips at Metalik's mask. Nice heel tactic. Metalik gets some good offense in, sells a boot off of a moonsault attempt as well as anybody. Submitted shortly after. I know that you you were you you you're pretty high on Metalik and man, he's so good in the ring. They just never put him on Raw until now. That's the thing, is that the, the problem that you have with this now is that they've given up on the cruiserweights on Raw. It's just Neville occasionally and the guy that they've determined over on 205 Live, the program nobody watches, as the person who's going to then later face Neville for the championship. So my thought is that I just I, I don't want to waste Neville in a match with Enzo where there's not going to be a lot of good back-and-forth wrestling. Like, if, even if you're going to say, okay, fine – my, my thing is, I'm, they're probably going to put the damn title on Enzo and then, you know, see what happens with that. Uh, but, like, you have guys like Metalik and Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali. These are three great, amazing in-ring performers that haven't had a title program with, and with Neville yet. And I think to myself, one of, those, one of those guys needs to be in this match on No Mercy. You could have Enzo be the guy's manager and then make it all about himself and kind of give it get it over that way. But you know, I, I understand that Neville is that that Enzo is over. I understand that, but I don't. Yeah. I have no interest in watching him wrestle at all. But, I mean, WWF and or WWE and especially WCW have a rich history in making a joke of their lighter weight title from right. you know, Scotty Too Hotty won it, and that was like people were like, I mean, kind of. He was a heavyweight dra- trapped in a cruiserweight's body. Right, Gilberg. The the Chavo classic and the Hornswoggle and Jacqueline thing, which Jacqueline probably the most credible of those three at the <laughs> time. True. I mean, at one point, the your back to back to back to back WCW cruiserweight champions were Disco Inferno, Evan Courageous, who was you know a fine worker, nothing wrong with him, but he got beat by Medusa, who. The way that she won was having Evan Courageous motorboat her into her pinning him. <laughs> yeah, because and then she dropped the title giant in Oklahoma. So like, I mean, uh, this is this is how highly I think of Neville. When I yeah. watched Neville up on stage with Braun Strowman, I said, "Hot damn! I need to see that match once in my life." Yeah, because the Neville before the cruiserweight division. Didn't back down from anybody. Yeah. I think that could be – if there's one guy that small that could get Braun off his feet, it would be Neville. Yeah. So that's how highly I think of him. And all these other high flyers in the Cruiserweight division, they deserve one shot at a 15-minute match against Neville for that belt. Sure. 
But, the the but, cruiserweight but, open challenge would do great on Raw. It, it really would. It really and really by would. the way, guys, I'm not crapping on Courageous or Medusa or Disco Inferno as workers. I was just saying, like, there was that was like three or four comedy angles back to back. Right. Uh, who do you think's winning this match on Sunday? Please God, let it be Neville. <laughs> but it, it, they're they're but they're building it up so it's going to be Enzo by cheating. I would like for it to be Neville, but Enzo to put up a really good, valiant fight and show that he kind of belongs there. And that you can stretch it out by just Neville not laughing when all is said and done. That's all you got to do to stretch this out. Then we had the main event. Elias has a song uh, interrupted. It's so original. I hate that he just has one name. The Drifter was such a cool nickname, and Elias is so repetitive. Here's the thing. The Drifter, like Drifters back in the day, were like these guys who would like hitchhike into town and like rape women and then hitchhike out, you know? Jesus like, Christ. Like, but I'm saying, like, that's what a Drifter was in the parlance of people of Vince McMahon's era. And I think that he thinks, okay, we can't call him a Drifter because that has bad connotations. But nobody thinks of what a, a drifter in that in those terms anymore. So it just feels weird that they like just got that rid of that immediately, and then said, "Yeah, well, also he shouldn't have a last name." It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. To me. Jason Jordan trips coming up the stairs. Oof. Oof. That was bad. Commercial break at ten fifty three Eastern. That was led in by. Jeff Hardy trying to roll up Matt as the, uh-oh. Oh, hey. Uh-oh. Hey, you can't fault the guy for trying. Hey, I mean, man. I got to give it a shot, right? Worth a try, buddy. Get back in the ditch where you belong. <laughs> Tower of Doom spot. We all saw that one coming. What I did not see coming is Elias jumping from the mat to the top rope. Yes. Um, here's wow. the thing. I want to see him do more of that. That was amazing. And then have it not lead into him immediately being pushed off the top rope. Like, what was his plan after that? That's what That's I wanted. That's what happened with Shelton, too, though. Like, Shelton would do it and then yes. get eliminated from the Rumble because <laughs> great psychology. Uh, Jeff Hardy almost kills Axel with a swanton. Jordan pins him. Jordan beats up Miz. The Miz Taraj attack. And Miz says that after Sunday, Jordan will still be a bastard. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. 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 Playing it in heavy. They got the bingo board of curse words tonight. Yeah, they did. Um, it's a it's a thing. Like you the you have the heel be as heelish as possible, and therefore the baby face by comparison must be cheered. I I do not know if this is if this is ever going to fully work. The they it's too big of a leap for most of your fans to make because we all know that Jason Jordan isn't Kurt Angle's son. Like that was such a giant hole to start in to try and dig your way out of. Like there are other ways of making this monster push with Jason Jordan. Like you could have easily said that Kurt Angle ha- handpicks one guy. Like J- Daniel Bryan says you can have one guy from SmackDown and Kurt Angle says, I want Jason Jordan. Why? He, like, you can have anybody. I want Jason Jordan. And then the whole thing is like, why does he want him? Because he sees himself in him. You could be yeah. like a surrogate father as opposed to his biological father. And yeah. I think people would buy it a lot more. But this, like, it's, it's, it's just too much of a, too big of a hill to climb for a lot of people. Who's winning on Sunday? Jason Jordan or The Miz? The Miz. I think they're going to pull the trigger on Jordan, but it wouldn't surprise me to see if, if Miz won. Uh, guys, I will talk about the NXT tapings that I attended tomorrow because we're uh, running low on time now. But we do have WWE No Mercy coverage and discussion on Sunday. Come over there. Talk to us about the show. I'm going to join in, hang out, talk in between writing articles. Uh, and also, head over to those forums, guys. We have a prediction thread for No Mercy over there. Uh, we have the discussion of maybe floating champions, discussions of the GFW name change, a topic nicest guy in the indies you all can talk about anything there come over there on sundays talk about football come over there nba opening night we have an nba thread uh saturday night or saturday for college football anything you all want we want to make it your destination 
Also, we want to make Fightful.com and general your destination uh, stories going up more timely than ever. If you haven't checked out the physical site in a while, it's looking real good. MMA, wrestling, boxing, all these things I have down here on this pretty little bar. Interviews, podcasts, forums, videos, photos, news, you can find at Fightful.com. Alex, where can they follow you on Twitter? At Palowski the fourth. You can follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Follow us at Fightful Online. I'm going to make our Instagram more active than ever. And we want to interact with you. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up in the comments section, whether it's on YouTube or on uh, Fightful.com itself. Uh, send us questions. Send us feedback. Let us know what you like. Let us know if there are new content ideas that you want to see on Fightful, like new features, new reviews, new podcasts. Let us know about it. If there's somebody that you want to see, like on Wednesday on the list and your boy, tag them on Twitter and say, hey, get on the list and your boy. Get on Fightful.com. Until next time, guys, thank you so much for the support. We are out. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.